Hello, I'm Daniel. And I'm Mark. During this podcast, me and Mark will discuss antiquity's view of the natural world via the epic poem The Iliad, which was written in 762 BCE by uh, the poet Homer, which details the conflict between the Trojans and the Achaeans. From that point on, we will then see how well that view uh, of the natural world has been translated into modern popular culture, culture through the 2004 film Troy, directed by Wolfgang Peterson and starring the Hollywood uh, sensations of Brad Pitt and Orlando Bloom. Through our studies me and, um, and research, me and Mark came to the conclusion that the ancient audience of the Iliad, as well as the characters within the Iliad, viewed nature as an incredible and often divine force. Take it away, Mark. Sure. So um, the Iliad really kind of covers uh, a lot of different bases, but uh, one particular uh, that's important, I think, to mention is the idea of nature kind of coming up throughout the entire epic. Um, I guess with that said, um, kind of nature kind of intermingling with uh, the divine belief and um, kind of how um, men viewed nature uh, in relation to the gods. There's a lot of overlap between what is divine and what is natural, and a lot of the times it, it a lot of natural occurrences come across as divine influence or an omen of some sort. Yeah. So I believe you have a quote to start us off? Yeah, absolutely. So um, no better place to begin than uh, the very beginning of the uh, epic, which kind of sets the stage for the rest of kind of what you'd be reading or I guess what the Greeks would be hearing uh, as it was composed. So, sing, O goddess, the anger of Achilles, son of Peleus, that brought countless ills upon the Achaeans. Many a brave soul did it send, hurrying down to Hades, and many a hero did it yield a prey to dogs and vultures, for so was the will of Zeus fulfilled from the day on which the son of Atreus, king of men, and great Achilles first fell out with one another. So once again, here we have kind of two important images to highlight after uh, reading this quote. We have, um, you know, dogs and vultures, and then kind of caused by the will of Zeus. Mm -hmm. And kind of throughout the entire epic, we'll see kind of nature caused by the will of blank, caused yeah. by the will of Athena. Aphrodite, caused, Ares, yeah. what have you. Yeah, whatever you have, whatever god, goddess is there, it's, we will see a whole lot of intermingling between nature and divine. Absolutely. Uh, some quotes, my personal favorite quotes from the novel, deal exclusively with Diomedes, a very violent character um, who, who aggressively fights the Trojans at several points in the book. Homer makes it a point to compare him to all manner of natural things, whether it be a vicious stream or an aggressive lion. My, uh, the quotes being in chapter um, chapter 5, um, not, not chapter, book 5, lines 96 to 98, Homer compares Diomedes to an aggressive stream by writing, Down the plain he stormed like a stream in spate, a routing winter torrent sweeping away the dikes. The tight piled dikes can't hold it back any longer. And in um, book, uh, no, the same book, lines 150 to 158, Homer also compares Diomedes to a lion by stating, Now long ablaze as he was to fight the Trojans, triple the fury um, seized him, claw mad as a lion, some shepherd tending woolly flocks in the field has just grazed, a lion leaping into the fold, but he hasn't killed them, only spurred his strength and and helpless to beat him off. The man, scur the man scurries for shelter, leaving his flocks panicked, 
lost as the ramping beast mauls them, thick and fast, piling corpse on corpse, and in one furious bound clears the fence yard, so raging Diomedes mauled the Trojans. If that's not an aggressive quote, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah. And, um... I mean, it's like these quotes illustrate the power and absolute ferocity of a harsh stream and aggressive lion, which are both found in the natural world. The onset of the Iliad must have been aware of the of these things and recognized the strength being illustrated by Homer in these epic battle sequences. I mean, otherwise, what good would these comparisons be? I and mean, it's like it's not like he's a annoying seagull, you know, oh, yeah. fighting the Trojans. Wow. It's an, a lion that's absolutely basically you know, the king of the jungle. You know, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, uh, yeah, you you mentioned how powerful uh, how powerful he was, but also I think. It's important to understand that something that we'll see um, and also come up kind of later uh, in the epic uh, is how overpowering, you know, like that's mm -hmm. not even the right word. There is no real word to kind of fit the amount of kind of fear and power that they core the, you know, antiquity correlates with nature mm -hmm. and how overbearing it is to uh, humans and how kind of helpless they are. I think um, the Trojans would agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, um, I, throughout the novel, a lot of the natural occurrences are also taken as science, not just through similes and comparisons. Uh, Homer also uses natural occurrences to illustrate uh, divine intervention via things like omens. I believe you have a quote. Yeah. Go so, with that as well. Um, book 12, there's there's a great battle uh, outside the Achaean camps. And uh, basically the, the Trojans find a sign, uh, I guess, it's up to them to determine what it is, but uh, uh, it, they basically they uh, they find that this sign determines the fate of the war, and this is a huge uh, point um, in the Iliad and understanding that they can determine nature in this way. Mm -hmm. So, Book Twelve, lines two hundred to two hundred and six, for a bird had come upon them. As they were eager to cross over, an eagle of lofty flight, skirting the host on the left, and in its talons it bore a blood-red, monstrous snake, still alive as if struggling, nor was it yet forgetful of combat. It writhed backward and smote him that held it on the breast beside the neck, till the eagle, stung with pain, cast it from him to the ground, and let it fall in the midst of the throng and himself with a loud cry sped, sped away down the blasts of the wind. Now, here, the Trojans basically, like I said earlier, they determined that this sign has determined the outcome of the battle. Now, an important thing to note is the way they do it. They don't just say, oh, we're going to win, let's go raid the Greek mm -hmm. walls. They say, hold off on raiding the Greek walls. At this point, they say... Let's hold off for now, and just like the snake kind of fought back a little bit to the eagle, yeah. just like the snake kind of made his escape, they will eventually make their, they'll find their opening, and they will make their raid on the Greek camp. It allows them to take some downtime to reflect upon the current their current situation and what's going on around them. Much like uh, there's another instance in the in um, book eight where the uh, Achaean soldiers notice a eagle, the symbol of Zeus, Attack a attack a doe, and they they take that they take that as a, another omen about their turning luck and tide of mm -hmm. the conflict, and it's just one of the many occurrences where the, 
natural occurrences in the environment were viewed as signs from divine forces, whether it be from Zeus, Aphrodite, or Ares, and other born gods yeah. and goddesses. One quote, which is a personal favorite of mine, just because it encapsulates everything we were talking about just now, was in Book 8, lines 88 to 90. The quote states that Zeus let loose a huge crash of thunder from Ida, um, hurling his bolts in a flash against Achaea's armies. The men looked on in horror, white terror, terror seized them all. And this is, of course, when the conflict turns uh, towards uh, supporting more of the, the Trojan side. Zeus takes favor uh, on them for the time being. And the this quote shows the Achaean ar armies, as well as the of the readers in antiquity, viewed thunderstorm, thunders and lightning storms as the violent power of Zeus's wrath instead of just a regular storm. And, um, and, uh, and on top of that, just much like the quotes involving Diomedes, it just shows how powerful something as simple as weather is mm. uh, to both the readers and the characters. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, know, you, you know, weather, uh, you know, weather is constant. Uh, good weather, bad weather. You can't you change know. it. You, yeah, you can't change the fact that I guess there will be weather, and you can't change the fact that there will be nature around you. And so I, this is essential to understanding this point that men thought that nature was overpowering them, and they lived in a world where nature was around them. Mm -hmm. And they, they couldn't hone it. They couldn't grasp it. And so as much as they tried. Understanding yeah. the, you know, these hurling bolts in a flash and the terror, the horror... You know, these these words describing what it was, this wasn't just a bolt of lightning. It was the that, bolt of lightning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is the, the bolt of lightning could be, you know, one less than a line long. But this bolt of lightning is described in three, you know, three lines, kind of describing the horrors and terrors of what yeah. uh, encapsulated, you know, their mm -hmm. fear of nature. Yeah. Uh, for the sake of time, I want to transfer into discussing the film. Mark, I believe you watched the film, Troy. And um, for in preparation for this podcast, and what did you think about? It? Did you think uh, the the points we just made uh, carried over into the film, or did they just romanticize everything like Hollywood loves to mm. do? So there were meant there were many uh, you know many many inaccuracies uh, in in the film, but where there uh, was light of the Iliad, um, I I think it's they were kind of nice subtle points that the director chose to do while also not losing the entertaining aspect artistic license absolutely of the Iliad itself now keep in mind the Iliad was a form of entertainment for you know ancient people now mm -hmm. you know you'd sit down and you'd hear a bard kind of proclaiming different as you know different area but different books of the Iliad yeah. and so uh, I thought it was interesting how the director chose to incorporate these different themes that we've been talking about mm -hmm in the movie. He does choose to keep the uh, scene with the hawk and the, the snake, I believe. Yes, uh, absolutely. So, um, it's a little different, but I think the message still holds. The uh, The Trojans are holding council, and uh, they mention that, you know, oh, what's going on with this war, and how what can we do to win? Absolutely. And uh, they say that two farmers were, uh, you know, just in their fields, and they saw a hawk, and then story kind of holds true from there yeah. the hawk you know drops the snake and they consider this to be an omen, an omen. absolutely and now um from there i guess we understand what that omen was. so what it sounds like it's like a lot of it was retained but very subtly and subtle nuanced sequences mm -hmm. rather than it taking front being front and center stage in the film i believe the beginning and closing of the film was very accurate yeah absolutely now this is uh 
This was something I guess you have to look at twice to kind of catch. There's there's this dog at the very beginning, and it, it tends to to the wounds of dead you know carcasses, uh, dead corpses of men. It's a hell of a battlefield. Yeah, and uh, there's a vulture. Uh, the dog kind of scares away the vulture in the very first scene of the of the movie, and it um it it's kind of you know licks the wounds for a few seconds, and then the movie kind of moves on to the beginning of the plot. Yeah, the, and the then, of it. At the very end, before the Achaeans raid Troy, uh, the dog comes back, and he's on the beach licking the wounds of an Achaean soldier. Mm-hmm. Now, this this really kind of highlights this whole idea that nature encapsulates the story of you know, opens, the Trojan War. It opens and closes the conflict, as well as providing some insight on the idea of, maybe not intentional, but it could just be... Re- reaching, grasping for straws, but a circle of life type deal. Absolutely. Where it begins and ends with nature, no matter how strong you were, no matter how powerful the Achaeans or the Trojans were in this conflict, at the end of the day, we're nothing but, you know, yeah. quote unquote, shadows shadows and dust. And yeah, you'll end dust up in the, in the wind, yeah. You'll absolutely. end up in the same spot as you as everyone else will be, regardless of your stature, who you were, if you were just a yeah. grunt in the military or a king. Um, you end up in the ground along, it's a dark thought, yeah, <laughs> admit, is, admittedly, but, and just, it encapsulated by nature. I mean, Absolutely. you're food for the birds. You're there for the dog's consumption. That's just uh, kind of what I took away from it. It's a film I've watched for a while, and I always took note of that, especially as a very a person orientated towards conserving animal life. I yeah. notice a lot of this sort of thing. Absolutely. absolutely. But, um, I mean, I, I think the reason people go back to stories like the Iliad at, in both the poem form and the film form, just because these ideas are so strong and so prominent, and I feel like we as human beings are drawn in, drawn to these ideas just because they're so fascinating, and there's nothing we really really can do about it. It's just how things are. But um, Definitely, and I think um, this point... Is it's valid because you you say you go back and you watch the movie. I mean, yeah. the first time through, it was you know I didn't catch that. I didn't catch that dog um, at the beginning and the very end. I just thought it was oh you know just yeah whatever. But going back and seeing the importance of it, it's kind of interesting to see how mm-hmm. the complexity does carry over in, in a movie. Yeah. So. Um, so modernized. Yeah. Uh, all in all, I'd say the book, while not very accurate and romanticized, uh, not the book, the film version of the Iliad is more romanticized and inaccurate. It still, at points, retains the uh, and the the view of nature in a, from the ancient from ancient society as well as how the divine intervention factored into that. And Absolutely. that's all the time we have today. Thanks for stopping by, Mark. Thanks a lot. All right.